listening to episode 7 of The Miscast, The Lady's Hat. I'm your host, Jonathan Crummett. And I'm Johnny Dollar. And uh, if you look at the art for Miscast, no, not Miscast. Miscast. Miscon. Miscon 7 on the website, you will see that, of course, this is the episode that we have cast began on. It's a very fancy lady's hat. And it fits. The lady. The lady. Yes, it fits her head. Who we'll have on here shortly. But as we do in all Miscast episodes, we like to talk about science fiction movies that came out the year of that Miscon. Miscon 7 was in 1992, and we have selected our movies that we like to talk about. We have. The one that I select to talk about was David Fincher's Alien 3. I shouldn't say David Fincher's Alien 3 because they really chopped that movie up. And people know Alien 3. It, it's not a good movie. It really isn't. It was such a letdown after 2. If you watch the director's cut, though, you can see what he was really going for. And my favorite part of Alien 3, uh, Paul McGann is in it. The Eighth Doctor himself, my favorite Doctor from Doctor Who, Paul McGann plays a crazy person. I vaguely remember Alien 3. I can't remember, I can't believe that Alien 3 was that long ago, though. To me, it seems like... Just yesterday, we were going down to the local yeah. cinema, paying $3 for a ticket, $0.25 cents for a bucket of popcorn, ye olden times. Ye olden times. To keep with the theme. Yeah. But yeah, but, uh, it's... It's the one that takes place on the uh, the men's prison planet. Right. Yeah, where Sigourney Weaver shaves her head. And, that's all like, I remember from it. That's, yeah. That and Paul McGann. Supposedly that was, I don't know, controversial or something like that, or shocking. Or Shocked me. Maybe not. The one I want to talk about is The Lawnmower Man. Okay, with sure. With Pierce Brosnan and that one guy that played The Lawnmower Man. I don't remember his name. I've never time. actually seen The Lawnmower You've Man. You've never seen The Lawnmower never seen Man. Lawnmower. Well, it was a Stephen King book. And basically what it's about, it's almost kind of like developmental technology. So The Lawnmower Man is this character that's uh, mentally not of the age as people that of his age. Sure. And he mows lawns for a living. And I'm gesturing it as we're here. It's very realistic. Look at me go. Anyway, so Pierce, so Pierce Brosnan is a scientist that, of course he is, that uses kind of like, right, that uses, uh, what am I trying to think of, virtual reality software that's supposed to increase cognitive function. And so by using it on this lawnmower man, I think his name is Jacob, maybe, I don't remember, something biblical. He ends up creating a monster out of him, like, you know, like <laughs> the guy gets too smart, too fast. And one thing that really sticks out in my mind for me for with Lawnmower Man is it, it kind of, for me anyway, was the beginning of those computer graphics sure. that you see used in movies that eventually, you know, would, would turn into stuff that, like, Pixar does. Whatever they, I think that, to for, I could be wrong, but from my memory, my recollection, that movie was the one that kind of pushed that uh, advancement of computer graphics. So it, sound, so it sounds like Lawnmower Man is kind of like a cyberpunk flowers for Algeron? I have no idea. We'll let the listeners decide on that. All right. <laughs> That's a good save from now on. <laughs> yeah. To, uh, we'll let the, the, the next time decide. one of us say, I don't know what you're talking about, we'll let the listeners decide. All right. So, well, we're just going to blast through that segment because we want to get Cass McGann on here. Super excited for that. Anything else? It's snowing outside. There's a lot of snow. A lot of snow. snow. It's crazy. 36 inches. Hopefully our... our string that we have connected to Pennsylvania with the tin cans on each end didn't get you know, snap under the weight of all that snow outside. So, stay tuned, and we'll be right back with Cass McGann. Gentlemen, are the kisses you give your sweetheart not quite unforgettable? Would you rather give her a smooch that she'll be remembering for hours? Then try John and Dollar's Spicy Buffalo Lip Balm. The next peck you plant on your precious will have the romantic steam coming out of her ears. Also available in Chipotle Cherry and Habanero Hot Lips. 
And we're back with Cass again. Hi. Hi, Cass. How Hi, are you Cass. doing? It's me. It is you. We have you here. By the power of the internet. <laughs> I just ruined it. I told everybody we had two cans with a string connected to Isn't it. Isn't that what the internet is? Perhaps. I think it is. So, let's jump in. You're coming back to MizCon 26 because you love us so much. I am, because I do. And because you say my name on the radio, and <laughs> I'm a sucker. <laughs> <laughs> we do what we can. So um, we'll just jump in with some questions here. So uh, you're coming back. Uh, what kind of panels can we expect from you at well, MizCon 26? Yeah, Justin and I are going over this. Um, we're trying to cut it down because I keep coming up with new ideas. And, you know, <laughs> MizCon's only what, four days long. <laughs> <laughs> it feels like longer and it feels like shorter sometimes. <laughs> yeah. Well, you know, uh, there's a lot of the stuff that, that I did last year that I've been asked to repeat, um, particularly the Japanese clothing classes, because I think they conflicted with something last year that some people didn't get to see it. And um, the Turkish and Persian were really popular. And um, the 18th century okay. was uh, another... Uh, it's a good century. Yeah, well, there's, I mean, the 18th century is so interesting, kind of beginning to end, and I, so that I got some requests to do that again. And um, some other little things, like, people have been asking if I could do breakdowns of fabrics, colors, patterns that are appropriate for what century and what they're not, like, you know, huh. the, the good old... Good old Paisley. When can I wear Paisley? <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> I'm going to a re Renaissance fair. Does does this pattern work? What I do at Renaissance fairs, I wear my Starfleet uniform so I can get in at a discount because it is time specific. I'm just a time traveler. I've never done that. That's silly. <laughs> I have friends who've done that, and you know, yeah, they... who are really strict about things get very upset for over very little, you know, very little. <laughs> um, yeah. So, but. You know, it's it's interesting to to I mean, some of us just think, oh, that's a really gorgeous fabric. I'm going to make this shape out of it, and that's terrific. But if you really want to do something that is in the idiom, um, it's it's important to know. You know, when does when did they wear a lot of stripes? I mean, there's some time periods where you see stripes going vertically and not horizontally, and then other times where they're horizontal and not vertical, and why? Nobody knows why. It's fashion. <laughs> you remember that episode of MASH where he has the pin si pinstripe suit, but the stripes are going sideways? Yep. Was on. <laughs> yep. <laughs> Made him look faster. Exactly. Yeah. Yes. So we're going to do a little bit of that because um, somebody sent me a message uh, because I was talking last year about bright pink Victorians and everyone everyone thinks about, Victor oh, Victorians always wore brown because we're so used to seeing sepia-colored photographs. Oh, right. sure. Mm -hmm. And actually the first um, aniline dyes, the first non-natural dyes were used in the 1860s and it started this whole crazy fad for, you know, the brightest, craziest colors because suddenly you could make them. And it was cutting edge to wear these just eye-ringingly bright purples and pinks and yellows because they were available for the first time in history. And, oh, yes, and the, the 1860s, they were a wild, a wild decade. Oh, yeah, <laughs> plaids, like plaids that would hurt you, you know? <laughs> <laughs> and we think, oh, they they're were very very strict and uptight and now those are all coming back in style again and, you know it, yeah and they're wearing they're wearing stuff that glows in the dark you know <laughs> and then we're probably going to do some um 
19 teens and 1920s have been getting some requests. The the Downton Abbey and Boardwalk Empire fans. Oh sure. Are uh, and and I'm personally 19 teens and 1920s are like my new my new little obsession because so much of the clothing is you go from this um, you know the Victorian Edwardian period where everything is built mm-hmm. on this it's constructed like you know a building. You build these underlayers and overlayers, and everything is very constructed. And then in the teens and 20s, it's like, oh, here's a rectangle, and we'll just kind of pin it on you there. <laughs> <laughs> and, you know, there's great designers like Madeleine Vianney and um, Paul Poiré and you know, other French names that I'm going to murder, um, <laughs> uh, made, their rep- yeah, made their reputation on, Here, here's a piece of fabric, and I'm going to wrap it around you, and we're going to call it the... Next, you know the the next great fashion, and you know it was just it's crazy. So that kind of leads into another one of the questions that we have here. Uh, what is your favorite era? Oh, geez, you know that shifts on a daily basis. <laughs> um, I have to say that my favorite era, if I had to wear, if I had to choose and say I will wear this and wear nothing else for the rest of my life. It would have to be the 1930s. It's a good time period. I love the 1930s. But um, if I had to pick a time period and I didn't have to wear it all the time, but I could just look <laughs> at it, it would, it would be the, the 18th century. Because the 18th century is, for men and women, just gorgeous, gorgeous, gorgeous from beginning to end. you know, And, and, and from rich to poor. I mean, poor people are wearing gorgeous things in the 18th century. It's just... It's a beautiful time period, but I couldn't sit around my desk in that. I've tried sitting around my desk in that. It really doesn't work. So one of the questions we got emailed in was uh, from Justin, actually, and he asked, uh, were you born in the wrong era, do you think? And No. No? No, not at all. You would... I, I mean, people say, oh, what time period would you like to live in? I'm like, about 10 years from now. Um, <laughs> well, just ruin my next question, too, why don't you? <laughs> Sorry. Yeah, I'm. I'm not. I'm not one of these people who says, "Oh, you know, I wish I'd lived 50 years ago, or I wish I'd lived 150 years ago." I, I, no, really, I'm. I'm a wimp. <laughs> I like modern conveniences. I like central heating. <laughs> I like you know modern hygiene. I, I like hot baths on demand. Um, well, come penicillin. on. Penicillin is a good one. What about Ed- Edwardian? And if you could just be one of the, you know, the upper class and have you know people take care of you you'd have most of that no 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 edwardian you have to be a woman you know i'm like i'd be a man i'd be a man in the edwardian period that's true yeah minute because they ruled the freaking world (laughs) (laughs) at least the english ones did anyway yeah 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 (laughs) it's those modern modern luxuries like you can't get mercury poisoning from uh absinthe anymore yeah. That went out the window. <laughs> Darn it. You got it right this episode. Mercury and not was Quicksilver or whatever. Actually, I think it's actually brass. I'm not sure. No, I was... um, wormwood. Wormwood. Absinthe is, is distilled wormwood. Right. And what turns it green? I thought it was... Food coloring. <laughs> <laughs> it's a combination I, of red 7 no, and yellow 3-2. No. I'm, I'm not a great fan of that. It, it, it tastes like licorice, and I hate licorice. Yeah. So... I've had a very small amount of absinthe in my life, and, and that's okay. Yeah. Makes you crazy. So what kind of new yeah. pieces are you working on right now, then? New pieces? Yeah. New designs, I... new whatever, patterns. 
Well, I'm working on, um, just today I announced a 19 Teens Evening Gown um, for all those... You know, all those Titanic anniversary parties that I'm sure you're getting invited to. Um, <laughs> we just had another cruise liner sunk in, in uh, you know, celebration that. of that. <laughs> you know, here's a funny story. One of my first jobs after high school is I worked as a waiter on a cruise line. Oh, that That was supposed to be like the reverse Titanic tour. So it went from New York to Belfast. And it was supposed to be like an accurate representation of what the original Titanic was. But it was like a little dinky cruise liner. They put like big PVC steam pipes on. And that was one of the worst jobs I've ever had. Partially because the people on this cruise line, it was like, it was like one is that it was a really cheap cruise line. So I didn't get tipped very well. And two, and this isn't like an insult to anyone, but I had a lot of people coming up to me and saying, you know that, that shirt you're wearing, your waiter? That's not historically accurate. Your buttons are all wrong. <laughs> and I would say, I, I know we, we got these from a costume store. We aren't the most historically accurate reverse Titanic tour that you will ever find. Yeah. That was the Titan, it was called. I don't know if it's still in business, but it was the Titan Cruise. Because there's, there's a... Well, I mean, you know, people who are into, into doing something like that would really care about the shirt. You know, it's just... You you got to either do it or not do it. You know, I mean, if you're going to have a, a reverse Titanic tour, you have to have your waiters in the right shirts. All else. turned inside out. Oh, yeah. <laughs> there was actually the, the worst part of that cruise, though, and it wasn't my job, but there were people who were hired to work the fake engines. So there were people oh. wearing just down to their shirts, like shoveling fake coal into a fake fake furnace. Are you kidding me? No, and they didn't do it all the time, but whenever a tour group would come by, they had to like go back to work. And I felt so bad for those guys. Well, that's completely historically inaccurate because the passengers would have never been down there. <laughs> there you go. Now, the reason the Titan was a terrible cruise line, and if it's still in business, they're a great cruise line. You should go on it, but they were a terrible cruise line. <laughs> There's supposedly some um, company, at least they were talking about it two years ago. They were trying to book trips. I don't know if they actually are still doing it, but they were. They booked. there was a trip that is supposed to do the Titanic route on those dates oh wow in april and and they're gonna go from from um southampton to um what you call it the iceberg to halifax <laughs> the t- halifax because like to and, and actually stop over the the sink site oh wow you just got tamped fate kind of <laughs> yeah. i just i was just like you know <clears throat> I've I've done a transatlantic crossing a couple times, but I don't really need to go there. Yeah. <laughs> so are you gonna like are you gonna idea. are you gonna supply them with some of your pieces for that then? Well, they haven't asked. Well, maybe they're listening. Maybe they're listening. <laughs> maybe. Yeah, I honestly don't know. It was like a friend of mine was like, "Hey, they're doing this thing," and I'm like, "That's." It's not a good idea. Spitting in the face of God. Yeah. I was just like, is that? I couldn't decide if it was in bad taste or just a really unlucky thing to do. <laughs> Ships but full I of black no cats. I really came off or not. It may not have. All right. So next question. You want to go? I have a I question. I, I asked a very special friend of mine. But special, yes. I mean the one person who would have a question for you. And Miss Betts Pinderus, <laughs> uh, alias Elizabeth Erswick. Uh, mm-hmm. I asked, do you have any questions for cats on the podcast? And she responded... How can I get to be as awesome as her? Oh, well, you see, that's a loaded question. <laughs> <laughs> be born on Friday the 13th. Um, I don't know. How do you answer that? <laughs> I don't know. What makes you awesome? I would answer this. I, Mary I, Bob I, Davis. I think that's a question for her. What she thinks makes me awesome, you know? <laughs> we'll, get um, her, we'll get her on the podcast. And she asked all the way from Kenai, Alaska, so... 
Up, oh, my. Yeah, quite a ways. Yeah. She's up there teaching history. Is she? She That's is. Cool. Mm -hmm. All right, I'm going to uh, go. Oh, go ahead. Well, I mean, do you really want me to answer this? I don't know how to answer it. How am I awesome? Well, I think you're pretty awesome. Aw. You laughed at my Nick and Nora Fury joke at MissCon. Well, I don't get a lot of laughter at my jokes. Yes, someone had to. Yeah, someone <laughs> someone had to. Had. She, she bit the bullet. <laughs> I took one for the team. <laughs> it was funny. I thought it was funny. Well, thank you. I'm going to um, make a soundbite of you saying that so I can play when I feel bad about myself. <laughs> I, think it's funny. I think you're hysterical. Johnny Dollar. The woodpecks with Johnny Dollar. That's right. <laughs> Although he doesn't point at the microphone like I do. How or would do you know? I'm so cool the microphone points at me. Oh, wow. Yeah. <laughs> I see. Um, yeah, hard question to answer. Okay, well, I'll just <laughs> jump to another one that we had uh, emailed in here from Erica. And she asks, how do you choose fabric if all you have locally is something like Joann's? Mm -hmm. And then she also has a follow-up that says, do you ever use upholstery? Well, first question first. How do you choose fabric when all you've got locally is Joann's? You go on the internet <laughs> and and you find these wonderful oh. fabric stores, all of whom will sell you swatches or sometimes send you swatches for free. Just ask them, can I have a swatch of that? And they'll stick a you know two by two inch square in an envelope and mail it to you so you can check it out. Um, I I don't shop locally almost at all. I I buy all my stuff from the internet. Um, it's a better selection and it's more like, you know, I mean, yeah, we've got the Philly Fabric District, which isn't that great. I don't really go shopping in New York that often because it's a hassle trying to get, trying to get 15 bolts of fabric out there. <laughs> <laughs> My car is small. I once got, um, five rolls of velvet out of Philly in a two-seater convertible with a passenger. Wow. Because I wasn't leaving it behind. <laughs> Passenger, crawl on the roof. <laughs> You're in the trunk. Put the top down. You don't need to. You can freeze. That velvet is worth more to me than you. Um, yeah. She Poor Cass McGann's husband. <laughs> no, no. She, this is my apprentice. She's small. No. She's like five feet tall. I'm like, you sit with the velvet. She's like, I get to sit with the velvet. It was her. It was. She was happy. <laughs> I'd be happy if I was covered in velvet riding in a convertible. <laughs> velvet. The bolts of velvet were literally taller than her, and there were five of them. And I'm like, just scooch up. And she's like, ooh, velvet. So I keep that next to my face. Yeah, it, you know, I do I do a lot of a lot of shopping on the internet because when you go when you go to fabric districts and stuff like this, you're buying bolt-ins. So it's it depends on what they've got, and they don't repeat. You know, it's not like they order the same fabric over and over again. They've got the ends of um, factory runs. You know, what, what, when a factory is made of a certain bunch of garments and they have something left over, they sell it to these stores who sell it to the public. And so if you want to get fabric that you get the same thing over and over again, you can't go to those kind of stores. You have to go shop on the internet. And um, yeah, so what do you do? You, 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 you use your friend the internet. <laughs> <laughs> and then there's the, the upholstery, upholstery part of the question too. The upholstery part. Do I ever use upholstery fabric? Yes, but carefully because there is always a risk of looking like grandma's couch. <laughs> I have that problem regardless. And nobody, nobody wants to look like grandma's. <laughs> we, were, 
We were joking. I don't know if you heard our, our podcast where I said, I'm not the costuming chair this year. I'm the costuming loveseat. We made a poster out of that line. Yes, so. <laughs> <laughs> and Bob said, Bob said, you know, you should make yourself something totally out of obvious upholstery fabric. And I shuddered. That, <laughs> I think that is awesome. Bob is on to something there. And I no, think you should do it. You know what I want to do? I want to make an outfit that's out, that's more subtle than that, but that has like a throat cushion sewn to my shoulder. <laughs> <laughs> You could be like one of the characters from Beauty and the Beast, the furniture that comes alive. Yeah, yeah, exactly. exactly. You know, I actually used to be addicted to upholstery. Yeah, well, I'm recovered now. Uh, yes. I had to get that in there. Bazinga! Killing me. But yeah, upholstery fabric, I mean, there's some stuff, there's some stuff that is extraordinary. Like, I just looked at this stuff. It's black satin, silk satin, with embroidered flowers all over it. And it is the most gorgeous stuff I've ever seen. And it's it's going to take me, I'm going to have to not eat for two years to be able to save up enough money to buy this fabric. <laughs> <laughs> and I only need like a yard of it, which is crazy. Oh, wow. But it's, it's extraordinarily expensive. And it's just the most gorgeous thing. I'm like, why would you ever upholster anything with that? I don't want anyone sitting on that. <laughs> matter of fact, I'd be afraid to cut it. I would just have it on my shelf. <laughs> Hang it on the wall. Yeah, look at it, pet it a little bit, put it back in its locked drawer in, in the safe with a combination. <laughs> Armed guards posted around it, those lasers you only see if you spray hairspray into it. Exactly, exactly. <laughs> I'm like, you're going to sit in that with your butt? You know But yeah, so upholstery fabric, I mean, you just have to be really careful about it. And and the problem is that most of the stuff that you can get easily, everyone has. Mm-hmm. And you you run the risk of everyone looking like their grandma's couch. Right. You know, so it's just, you know, choose wisely. And again, if you buy your upholstery fabric on the internet, you have a much wider range and a much better chance of not looking like everybody else who buys upholstery fabric. <laughs> Unless they have a sale and then everybody has the same thing. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. Well, our next question is from me. (laughs) One that I I drummed up on myself. And so if I understand right, that reconstructing history, you try to create your pieces in the manner that they were created at the time that they were worn. So, All right. So if you, you know, create along the lines of that time, do you also launder these pieces along the period laundering practices? Yeah, pretty much. Really? Pretty you, much. Do you have like I a mean, washboard you know, and you hang it outside? Well, yeah, a lot of times. Um, or, you know, over the, the um, shower curtain in the bathroom. Right. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so it doesn't freeze out on the line outside. <laughs> um, no, I mean, I, I throw my, my linens, my underwear, in the washing machine on hot with bleach. And, <laughs> you know, that... You abuse them because I don't have servants who will go and wash them in hot water with lye soap and beat them on rocks or something, you know, and iron them. I hate it. Um, you know, throw them in the washing machine and everything. But um, but that's that's linens. Linens are the whole purpose of linens is so that they get abused and uh, sweated on and everything. Mm-hmm. But the other stuff, I mean, for the most part, um, we don't wash. A, we We wash more than they did, mostly because we wear cotton that is easily launderable. Uh-huh. Um, 
I have some outfits I've, that have never seen water, that have never touched water. Um, because why wash them? You know, they don't, you, you wear linen underwear underneath it, you wash that. And if they get some mud on them, you usually brush it off or, or spot clean it. Mm-hmm. Um, so, so yeah, you know, with the exception of the linen underwear that I throw in the washing machine, I, I don't, I, I launder everything else the period way because, well, it's easier. <laughs> and, and, well, they knew what they were doing. I mean, it's, it's really like, I, I have to tell you a, a period example, period being 1947, when was it? North by Northwest, you know the movie? Sure. Uh-huh. Um, what Cary Grant, even Marie Saint. After Cary Grant gets run down by the airplane, you know what I'm talking about? Yeah. Yeah. Great he scene. gets run down by this airplane, and he's rolling around a cornfield in Iowa or wherever the <laughs> hell he is. And um, am I allowed to say hell on your podcast? Because I just did. That's fine. <laughs> Okay, good. <laughs> John's already said God at one point, so... Yeah. Well, I wasn't swearing. We, we balanced out. Yeah. All right. <laughs> so, um, is that what we need to do yeah. now? So he's, uh, he's you know, getting run down by this airplane and rolling around in the dirt, you know? And then he goes back to the hotel, and he calls up the valet service on the hotel phone and says, I want somebody to come up and brush my suit. He doesn't say, I want someone to take my suit to the cleaners. He doesn't say, I want someone to wash my suit. He wants his suit to be brushed. Hmm. And this is what you did. You didn't, I mean, dry cleaning is is a very, I don't want to say it's a new concept, but we're, we've been so programmed by the fact that we throw most of our clothes in the wash every week that we think everything needs to be washed. But when you have a suit that's made out of wool, again, you wash your underwear and you brush the suit. There's, in, unless it's got a stain on it, there's no reason to, to do anything. And when it's got a stain on it, washing it doesn't do any good. You put stain remover on the stain and um or watch watch an episode of Jeeves and Worcester there's wonderful stuff have you ever seen Jeeves and Worcester I have yes I have not Clive Exton was the producer Clive Exton God rest his soul awesome awesome the stuff that goes on in the background is amazing and you know Bertie is talking to Jeeves and Jeeves is like pressing a pair of pants and he's got a pair of um, brown paper over the pants and he's dribbling water on the brown paper and pressing the pants because that's how you make a crease. The stuff I learned from watching Jeeves and Worcester episodes, amazing. Um, but yeah, they laundered things differently than we do and laundering things in that way, number one, preserves them and number two, makes them look right. If we, we use modern laundering techniques on things, it, it, you know, you can't throw a suit in the wash. I learned that the hard way. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> you will not have a suit anymore. <laughs> okay, and then one question from me, mm-hmm. and this question is: with the recent success of of the Guy Ritchie films and the uh, BBC miniseries Sherlock, which is great, absolutely great. Mm-hmm. You guys been selling a lot of those Inverness coats? I actually, I just sold a pattern for an Inverness cape today, just a couple hours before. You guys got me on here, <laughs> which just cracks me up. Yeah, um, yeah. There's been a lot of interest in Inverness Caves, and which is funny because you know in the Guy Ritchie movie and the BBC Sherlock, he doesn't wear anything remotely like an exactly, Inverness cape. exactly. <laughs> but I've been going all over the internet, going, he's wearing the wrong thing because <laughs> Sherlock always wore an Inverness cape and a deerstalker cap, you know. Um, so yeah, but we've. We've uh, it has been it has been a very popular pattern, and I'm certain it's because of the whole 
um, kind of double shot of Sherlock, both the movie and and the TV show, both of which I love. Oh, they're great. Very different ways. Absolutely great. Have you seen the sequel yet? Yep. Yeah, Stephen Fry is Mycroft, one of the best things oh I've ever seen. Oh, my God. Okay, I haven't seen it yet. Don't give anything oh. away. Well, I won't say anything oh, about... I won't spoil it for you, but oh my God, do I love that man! <laughs> it's it's great. Uh, Mycroft, it, like in the canon, Mycroft mm-hmm. is my favorite character of, of is all. He? I love Mycroft to death. I love the idea of a you know smarter, less full of gumption detective. You know, smarter than his brother, but doesn't doesn't give a damn. I have to say God again now to make up for that damn. <laughs> um, and I, I love that archetype that I created, but that's my favorite. Yeah, yeah, I, I really, I, one of my friends was saying, you know, she didn't really care for that, that Sherlock is a jerk. He just doesn't care about Watson, you know, oh, well, hell with you. Yeah. I'm doing this thing and you have to help me. And, and, but that's Sherlock. I exactly. Mean, that's, that's straight out of Conan Doyle. Like nothing is as important as what he wants to do. Mm-hmm. And I think that comes through, I think it comes through incredibly well in the movie. I think it also comes through in the BBC show. Um, yeah, I would agree. You know, and and I, I was really, and also, um, are you uh, you're familiar with Bartitsu, the oh. martial art? I am not. Oh my goodness, you don't know this. This is so cool. This is like the geekoid thing. <laughs> okay, right? what what is it? That's um, our next podcast <laughs> name is the geekoid <laughs> thing. But <laughs> um. Bartitsu is actually a, a martial arts form that is mentioned by Conan Doyle in the original Sherlock stories, that, that Sherlock was a, a student of Bartitsu, or I think he calls it Baritsu in, in the books, but they call it Bartitsu today for some reason that is not known to me because I'm not that big into it. But apparently all that stop-action stuff in the movie mm-hmm. was right out of the book. Huh. Right right out of the Bartitsu manual, you know, the manuals from the late 19th century. Oh, wow. Because Bob is big into the whole, you know, Western martial arts thing, and he was flipping out. That's <laughs> <laughs> right out of the manual. Oh, my God. It's even in the order. It is. It's like, you know, Guy Ritchie got a hold of a manual and went, let's do page five, six, and seven. <laughs> <laughs> that looks good. That's that's really cool. Yeah. You look and into it, that. It almost, yeah, it, 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 was so good that I almost didn't let myself become annoyed by the fact that Guy Ritchie was being so incredibly Guy Ritchie. <laughs> Stop the camera every five seconds and sh- make sure that you understand that this is his movie. Exactly. <laughs> like, this is my gimmick and I'm going to do it until everybody knows it's me. I couldn't have Vinnie Jones in this one, so I'll just stop the camera occasionally. Yeah, exactly. You know, and I can say that because he's not on the miscast, miscast so I'm on the miscast. That's right. <laughs> you guys didn't ask him. That's right. Well, he said no, actually. Oh! <laughs> See, I thought it was important, you know? <laughs> Well, to me, Cass, you're more important than Guy Ritchie. Aww. Did you see somebody said on the, the Facebook the Miss Con Facebook page that she was going to have trouble deciding between me and, and, and Mr. Martin. I saw that. That was really cool. Did you see that? I think I think she wants something. <laughs> <laughs> She's buttering you up. She's, she wants, wants me to loan her money or something. <laughs> um, no, that actually made my day. I'm like, you're kidding me. Oh, my God. Because, I, I, like, you know, I'm like, oh, I'm going to come out. And who's, who's the special guest? Oh, my God. No one's going to come to any of my classes because... Game of Thrones guy is there. 
But apparently one person will be in my classes because she... Well, the thing is, with with his, his panels, though, he'll do, like, three panels, and you're going to have to wait a couple of days before he gets to the fourth panel or something like that. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry. I mean, I... You can't shut me up, so I'll be there all the time. I hope I didn't ruin that joke by dropping my bottle on the computer, but that yeah. was really good shot. <laughs> <laughs> it made me laugh so hard I dropped the soda that I was drinking. Oh, All right, well, I have one last question for you because we're yes. getting kind of long here. Um, and I, I can't think of any other word, I didn't, but I'll go with it. So do you have an opus or like a masterpiece that you would like to make someday? Oh, I, I think I have numerous ones. Like, I have this document that's called Projects, and it's I put it in a spreadsheet, because not because it's very spreadsheety, but because I wanted to have multiple tabs that I could put different projects in and have swatches of the fabric and inspiration images and, you know, calculations of how much money I have to save before I could actually go shopping and these kind of things, all the little accessory bits that I need whatever um and it's got like 50 different sheets to it now <laughs> so um i there's no i you might think i have focus but i have i'm like a serial focuser <laughs> i focus laser sharp on the thing that's in front of me until the next shiny object comes like right now i'm working on this 19 teens thing and somebody said something about 1920s and i've got all the 1920s books all over my desk <laughs> I need to finish the 19th thing in two weeks, and I have a pattern coming out for it, and already my brain is on 1920s, you know. Um, so I, I'm not the kind of person who has this one thing that they want to do that is the penultimate thing. Um, I have many. And the really cool thing is that every once in a while, some event will come along that will present itself as the absolute perfect time to do this. Mm-hmm. And then that's when you do it, you know. Right. But I mean, there's there's been a there's been there's been a couple really bright points. Like um, a number of years ago, it may have been ten years ago now. I did this drawn work jacket that there was it was literally a hundred hours just preparing the fabric before wow. I started to sew. And the thing is, it's like you know, you take this perfectly good piece of linen and pull threads out of it, and then sew them back in a different way, and then encrust it with real silver sequins because you know it wasn't impressive enough (laughs) and um even my mom my mom who completely doesn't understand what i do was like oh i see you're an artist (laughs) (laughs) that's awesome that's really sweet yeah (laughs) well i mean my mom is a seamstress i come from a long line of seamstresses and tailors so they're just like oh you're making stuff (laughs) <laughs> you know nothing impresses them but this i was like it took me a hundred hours before i even started sewing and she was like oh so it's art <laughs> <laughs> all right mom okay um but yeah so so there's not there's not one everything is kind of um i, I there's always a whole lot of thought behind everything like i don't i'm not the kind of person who runs up something to wear for the next weekend I'm somebody who's been thinking about it for six months. Uh-huh. So, I have opi, opuses. Opuses. Opini. Opini. I think I have to say God again to make up that opini. <laughs> okay. Oh, my God. All right. I, I said God for you. Oh, there, there we go. It all balances out. Ta-da! 
So, uh, Cass McGann of ReconstructingHistory.com, thank you so much for coming here via the internet. Thank you for having me. And we are looking forward to having you back out here in Mordor <laughs> in May. No, you're not Mordor. You're like the thing that you have to cross Mordor. So, so we're like the swamp yeah, so then? like the good stuff on the other side of Mordor. <laughs> <laughs> right now, we're like that mountain they tried to pass. <laughs> 36 <laughs> inches of snow. Yeah, that's true. Hear the wind whistling through the miscasts. It's air conditioning, but we'll leave that in. That sounds good. <laughs> you know, Jonathan, Jonathan told me that for this particular episode of the miscast that you were going to spell it m-i-s-k-a-s-s-t well this is the first time hearing of this yeah he told me that he promised i didn't it i all right well i hopefully i have a k button on my keyboard that i can spell it with you see you should have been using those those cut rate keyboards they don't come with any k's or z's (laughs) well thanks for joining us cass Thank you for having me. It's and to talk to you guys. Yeah, definitely, definitely. Can't wait to see you out here. And say hey to Bob for us. Pythagorean himself. <laughs> you mean Cass McGann's husband. That's, That's right. Cass That's McGann's right. husband. All right, Cass. Thank right. you so Thanks much. Thanks so much, guys. Uh-huh. You too. Bye-bye. And that's going to wrap it up for this uh, seventh episode of Ms. Cass. That was a really great interview. A lot of great insight from Cass. If you... The listeners haven't been there. ReconstructingHistory.com is a great website to get some really great patterns and clothing. Their podcast, the Reconstructing History Podcast... If there's a real name, I'm sorry that I forgot it, is great. You should go ahead and give that a listen. Uh, Bob and Cass are great, and we're looking forward to seeing them in May. That's right. And our next episode, we'll have another special guest. Guy Ritchie will be here recording with the miscast. Oh, no, I'm sorry. He said no. Who, who is it? It's going to be uh, Ms. Khan's chair, president. And figurehead. <laughs> and figurehead. And person that... I don't know what to call him. That's, I don't know That's all either. those things. Okay. General wacky dude. <laughs> Friend to everyone. Cthulhu Bob Lovely. There we go. We finally got to it. Yeah. So Cthulhu Bob, that's great. Yep. Look forward to having him on here. So if you have any questions for Cthulhu Bob, like how did he get named Cthulhu Bob? I know that story, and it's very interesting, but I'll let him tell it next time. All right. Email us at miscast at miscon.org. And if you don't like us on the Facebook, like us on the Facebook. Assuming you found this not on the Facebook. Yeah, what he said. What I said. We'll see you next time.